So we did design the kitchen around a tiny little uh, entry and exit point for the dogs, a doggy door. And boy, do they make use of it. So it's it's quite cute. You'll be cooking in the kitchen and just in and out they come at their leisure. So I do hope that that delivers lots of uh, joy for the new owners. Going one, going twice, All right, guys, welcome back to The Property Pod, your weekly engagement into real estate here in the Hobart Marketplace. I'm your host, Aaron Horn, and it gives me great pleasure to not introduce the boys today. Uh, we're going to do something a little bit different. I've kind of been promising this for a few weeks now. We were sitting on a, uh, a lengthy interview that John had done, and I said, I think it'll make a really good podcast episode, guys. So, um, yeah, pretty cruisy week for John and um, Pat this week. Well, a bit of heavy lifting for John when he when he did the interview, but even more heavy lifting for me putting it together. Um it was fun to put together. It's a um, it's a cracking story, kind of the narrative behind uh, one of his recent listings at 15 Parliament Street. So uh, the heart of Sandy Bay, a really, really amazing property and a really amazing storyteller to go along with it. So uh, what we've done is I've, I've popped together a podcast episode. It's something different. It's something new. Um, you know, it could be a big hit and people could love it and say this is way better than what you guys do every other week, or it could be a massive flop. And, um, yeah, it'd be really fun to know. So let us know what you think. Uh, if you listen along, uh, pop some comments in and pop some things. Uh, email us at um, – I don't even know what the podcast email is. Um, email us or find a way to contact us. I'll look into that and, and let people know. But, um, yeah, just something different, something fun. Let's see how it goes. Audio quality might be a little different to what we normally have. It was recorded on site um, in a different studio. So hopefully the audio play, um, plays well for anybody listening uh, along in their car or in their earbuds uh, that aren't watching the video. Definitely recommend watching the video. There's some really interesting footage in there of the house being shown off in all its glory. So what I might do is um, just throw to the JMAC over in Sandy Bay talking about Parliament Street with a wonderful, wonderful owner and, uh, yeah, an amazing property. So listen in to the property pod this week and, and let us know what you think um, at the end. Well, Jen, this, uh, this certainly isn't the first time um, we've been in this situation. Yep. <laughs> what, what is it with you and Andrew finding these beautiful old homes, doing them up stunningly, and then moving five minutes later? Madness. <laughs> Sheer madness. Um, we won't be doing that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we have a love and fascination with old homes and kind of bringing them into the modern era very gently Mm. but i just can't drive past them i just absolutely adore them and we just seem to always finish right at the moment that life takes a little bit of a left turn and we have to wish them goodbye and pass them on to the next person a little bit better than um than we inherited (laughs) a a little bit better is probably an understatement with (laughs) swim yeah yeah this has been a long road because when because how how long has it been since um, from day one? We've had this house about four years. Four years. And when we bought it, it hadn't been touched probably yeah. in about fifty years. So the kitchen had purple cabinets, uh, blue floors. It was extremely small, like it would have been because this house was built in the eighteen eighties. So the mm. kitchen was kind of 
that size. <laughs> yeah. And other components of the kitchen were actually contained elsewhere in the house and would have been external to the building and all kinds of quirky things like that. So it took a lot of vision. When we first walked through, there was a lot of um, walls in places they don't exist anymore, lots of tiny little rooms and compartments where it wasn't always clear what the function of that room was in the first place. And yeah. we kind of had to stand in the rooms for those moments and envision those walls coming down and things opening up and light coming in and go, what will this be mm. next time? Mm. What was it? Because, I mean, when we when we bought this, it's a bit unconventional because it never went to market. Um, it was through, you know, personal relations that you had. Why this? Why 15 Parliament Street? I think it was two things. One, it was the location. Mm. The location is just... I couldn't have imagined anything better when I found out that there was this house off market available on Parliament Street of all streets. I just felt like I'd hit the jackpot because yeah, yeah. it's the center of everything. I walk everywhere because this place is so convenient. It is just walkable to everything. We're 15 minutes to Salamanca, 10 minutes to the Utah Sandy Bay campus. It's just so convenient. Not even five minutes to the Sandy Bay shops. Mm. What more could you ask for? Mm. And then the second thing that won me over was when we walked up to that beautiful 1880 front door with all the original hardware and it's just very ornate with the lace works. It's just so beautiful. And you and I swung open that front door and that grand hallway opened yeah. up with the polished floorboards and the high ceilings and being double wide and it just felt... It's this tiny little deceiving yeah. cottage on the outside. It like looks Tardis, you know? it looks so small, yeah, yeah. but then you open the door and all the rooms and the grandeur kind of just unfolds before you. And I was sold on that moment. Yeah, I know it looks quaint from the front, but this is one hundred percent a family home. It is. It's probably been actually a bit too big for just Andrew, myself, and two tiny little dogs. Um, so it will f absolutely fit a family. So we have four very large proportioned bedrooms. Mm. Uh, the main bathroom is stunning and fantastic. Uh, and then we also have an ensuite uh, that's, that uh, suits the extremely large master bedrooms. So four bedrooms, two bathrooms, perfect for any family that wants to take. Can you tell me about the ensuite? Because I just love... Uh, well, the access for one and two, um, the way that all the, you know, the pipes and stuff have all been exposed. It looks stunning. Yeah. So we kept the original staircase. That was a source of much debate. But in homage to the house, we, we did keep the original staircase. And the ensuite is kind of a, a tucked away little secret gem. So you do have to go up the staircase to get to the ensuite. But I think it's worth that little bit of effort because it really delivers. We designed a, a, what I call an inside-out bathroom. So all of the beautiful copper piping that would normally be tucked in behind the wall has been brought forward and you can see that it's exposed. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that we did throughout the house, upstairs in the ensuite, but also elsewhere, is when we knocked down some of the walls during the renovation, they were lath and plaster walls built during the 1800s. And I hand scrubbed each and every one of those laths and pulled all the nails out and we used those laths to create wainscoting and other features throughout the house so we reclaimed and recycled that material and used it as like a soft kind of timber touch to soften 
surfaces. Um, where so what what's changed since? Um... Oh Front half of the house is still perfectly original. It still has all the wainscoting and um, architraves and beautiful cornicing and ceiling roses and all those things that you'd expect of a house of this era. Mm. And so all we kind of did was some touch-ups and replaced some of the things that had been changed out in the 50s, 60s, 70s and put them back to original. So two of the fireplaces, one which we can see just over my shoulder here, um, had been swapped out. And so we put them back in. So there's two fireplaces from the 1800s, which are now back where they belong. So that was really nice being able to do that to the house. Mm. But So the front half of the house, otherwise it kind of is as it was, which is nice. The back half of the house, basically from the kitchen and the master bedroom and the ensuite, has gone over a complete overhaul. You would not recognize the before and the after. Walls have come down and everything's been changed out. Mm. But we've tried to do it in the most tasteful of way that it is all kind of with a bit of a heritage flair. And we've incorporated uh, all bits and pieces back into the house as much as possible. So it doesn't look, there's not a a sharp change between the old and the new. Yeah, yeah. And and that's where like even you you see that in the the, the bathroom, the bedrooms, the tops, because you've carried a lot of these things with you from home to home and and, and kept all those beautiful pieces that are irreplaceable um, just to then feature in this house as if looking like they've always been there. Yeah, we really have. So I think two of the things that made me the most excited were uh, one of the houses we owned previously, which was from the 1870s, had some incredible veranda timbers from when the veranda collapsed. Mm -hmm. And we've incorporated those into the kitchen, into our gin bar area. And so here's these 150-year-old, enormous, hand-carved veranda timbers with little four-leaf clovers carved in at a time when we didn't have power tools. So it kind of transports me back in time and I can envision the people who who did that were woodworking and now it's my gin bar in the kitchen. Um, And the back part of the house, um, rather than putting up white weatherboards, we actually clad the back of the house in some gorgeous deep gray Mm -hmm. slate tiles. And if you go up and have a bit of a close look, you'll notice each of those tiles has two holes punched in them and the sides are quite rough and raw and you might wonder like why is that and where did they come from the reason they look like they do is because those tiles spent 150 years as a slate roof on another property in Monsiston that we owned and we took about 8,000 of those tiles off the roof by hand took us about 12 days and I lugged those around from Launceston to Hobart, much to my husband's chagrin. <laughs> and he wanted to throw them out. And then I said, no way. And and so, yeah, we clad the exterior of the building in them and they're absolutely stunning. And it's amazing to think that all of that slate almost certainly came from Wales in the UK as ballast in the bottom of a wooden tall ship in the 1860s or 1870s. And here they are cladding the back of this building. Um, I've never seen... Uh, the bathrooms that you designed because um, you even were able to recycle those into there as well didn't you yeah that's yeah. right yeah we have uh the slate is featured in the bathrooms as well both of the bathrooms and it kind of keeps that heritage flair because they are a little bit um kind of rough around the edges and imperfect mm-hmm. but uh when you know the story the heritage behind them it, it just fits so seamlessly in the house mm. 
So I guess then that's the the interesting part then. I mean, like you said, you've been here for four years, but the process to get to this end game um, was something else. That is an understatement. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, getting the the renovation approved and through Hobart City Council was um, a monumental challenge that mm. took an incredibly long period of time. And so, um, some fortunate soul will get to um, enjoy this beautiful kitchen and and the master bedroom and other parts of the house that we barely had time to enjoy ourselves because that process was so prolonged. Um, there's some really funny stories like not that long ago perhaps 18 months ago in the middle of last winter folks might remember last winter was pretty rough we had the wettest winter in 70 years or something like that please uh, think of me in those moments because there were no walls or ceiling in the kitchen we had buckets everywhere and blue tops and we were sitting um, on this very couch in about 10 degrees shivering and and I washed so many loads of dishes in a bucket under the stairs outside in that backyard in freezing cold temperatures. Um, it was a celebration when I could finally use that sink. <laughs> now, now also too, um, well, you, you don't have to worry about being cold because uh, Andrew installed an insane um, cooling system. Yes. Cooling system. Not, uh, not that you can see it, yeah. Yeah, that's such a great point. Those are the things that you can't see that this mm. house delivers on, absolutely. So the things that we did were we, um, in the renovated part of the house, we put in all double glazing, um, the floors, the ceilings, and the walls have all been insulated to a very, very high standard. Mm. There's also solar panels on the roof, so the house has extremely low um, power consumption, power bills. Mm. And uh, we installed uh, central heating and so you can't see that but boy oh boy does it deliver now i do want to talk about this kitchen because it feels like um it should have always been here to start with and obviously with the extra bits like you talked about and there's a couple there's a little hidden secret as well because you didn't want the little ones to feel left out that's right yeah yeah that was really fun working with the architect to place our family our children which are two dachshunds sausage dogs <laughs> at the center of the home and the rebuild yeah. so we did design the kitchen around a tiny little uh entry and exit point for the dogs a doggy door and boy do they make use of it so it's it's quite cute you'll be cooking in the kitchen and just in and out they come at their leisure so i do hope that that delivers lots of uh, joy for the new owners well and then you know with that too i mean with this with the deck that you've extended across is it even during the cold days we've still got we've always ended up with the door open you know you can hear that softer uh, that soft air coming through with the birds chirping like it just creates an incredible atmosphere it's amazing i'd say at least six months of the year we have those um triple stacking doors thrown open and as you say we we kind of live in the mixture of indoor outdoor on that huge and uh, beautiful deck mm. Um, and we listen to the sound of the running water from the pond and the birds singing, and, and it is really a beautiful lifestyle. It's like an urban oasis in the yeah. middle of the city. We do feel really tucked away here. Mm. It's amazing. And because then with that garden too, there's I always forget all the plants that you tell me about, um, but they all have a very distinct purpose, don't they? Right from the centre, all the ones running along the fence line through to the back. Yes. Yeah. 
yes, we are very, very strategic and intentional in our planning. So lots of the trees are planted to bring privacy over time. So we've got bamboo that'll grow to probably about eight meters. Mm. That'll give lots of screening. It's kind of about the three, four meter mark at this point. It's about halfway. Mm. Um, there's lots of fruit and vegetables and stuff in the garden. So there's raspberries, there's three fruit trees, um, plums, figs, and apricots. Um, and there's various flowering plants as well that are famous for flowering winter versus flowering summer. And so it brings in the wildlife, the birds and the bees and other creatures throughout the year and makes sure that out there, uh, the trees don't drop all the leaves in summer. And so you've got that sense of kind of like nature and greenery 365 days of the year. When we bought it, it was just lawn, one big continuous strip of lawn. Um, and it really needed an overhaul. But I could again see the possibility, the, the, the vision of having uh, a two-car garage plus uh, additional space off the side of that. I mean, where does that exist in Sandy Bay? It just doesn't. Yeah. We've got a very large driveway with turning circle. We've got additional parking out the back. In addition, we've got lawn, we've planted numerous fruit trees, uh, approximately 70 native plants. Uh, we've got rose bushes uh, and raspberries and raised garden beds and just about everything you could possibly need, including an enclosed greenhouse. So whether you're a green thumb or you just appreciate having a little bit of fresh produce in your home, um, it delivers on all those things, including if you like cars and you want a bit of a workshop, We've got that too. <laughs> yeah. We've got everything well, here. Well, that, and that's the thing because it's not a garage; it's a workshop. I know when you, when you walk down, it feels it looks like just a small garage, but then it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger until the point where you realise actually this you can back a truck into this thing, yeah. you know. Um, and with the fact that the, there's a wench sitting up there, like, it really has the capabilities that, and like you said, is it this doesn't exist in Sandy Bay? Unbelievable. I know. I mean, with as a parting thought. You know, what is it about this that you're probably going to miss the most? Oh, gosh, really just about everything, even from the silliest of things. Like, it was an absolute journey and, and a lot of fun trying to figure out what we were going to call this house. Yeah. So when we moved into the house, the house didn't have a name. And and I really felt like in a house of this era mm. should have a name. And so we discovered that um, up until about 1910, 1915, this house was really famous for being the destination to purchase whiskey. And not just any whiskey, but White Horse branded whiskey. And so the house is now named White Horse House. Oh, no way. And so that's where the name comes from. And, and I don't... Yeah, little memories like that will stick with me. And, and I think I will always miss those kinds of memories and just the sheer convenience mm. of this home, just having an urban oasis that is close to absolutely everything, but it feels like it shouldn't be because it's just so private and secluded. It feels like you should be out in the bush. And I, I guess that's the, the the reality of the situation where, you know, if you're looking for this central location that's, you know, unlike anywhere else with all those extras, there's only really one place where you can find it, you know, and that's this one. Yeah. You know? We have to stop talking about it because now I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> 
Well, there you have it. That is a, uh, a, a new style for the Property Pod. Um, I'm not sure how the people out there feel about it. If you like it, if you think it's better just to have J-Mac uh, talking for all the time. Actually, J-Mac didn't even get, really get a word in. He, um, yeah, he missed out on a lot of it. So amazing having someone else that could tell the story uh, of their property so well. And how about those little dog doors? A, uh, a very special treat. And as I said, if you've watched the video, you would have seen the uh, dogs trampsing in and, and doing some little tricks as well. So um, something new for the Property Pod this week. Hope our listeners enjoy enjoyed it um yeah pop a, a like a share pop some comments in wherever you can and uh and let us grow the property pod if you did like it let us know so that we can know to do more things like it if you didn't let us know as well and we'll uh, happily never do it again um yeah thanks for listening along and we will see you all next week back with a regular episode of the podcast unless you've decided that they never want us to be seen again and we'll have to do interviews every week all right guys see ya bye you have been listening to the property pod recorded and edited by 414 media house in conjunction with 414 property code this podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation it does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing selling financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information without first seeking qualified and professional advice.